Kraken Fancast, presented by Silver City Brewery. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, by Seattle Kraken fans. Release the Kraken! Hi everyone and welcome to episode number 24 of Kraken Fancast, brought to you by Silver City Brewery. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleagues Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, and Meet Chelios for some cracking game and season wrap-up discussion because the season is wrapped up after all it is over and uh, as Luke mentioned earlier uh, when we were off camera you know we're lasting longer than the Kraken so far this year so uh, we, we get a we get a few more days to talk about this so anyway uh, we'll be doing a little season wrap-up and then also talk about some other timely topics so that's all coming up Kraken Fancast releases episodes approximately every two weeks a little over two weeks this time uh, on our program, we, of course, discuss all subject matter about the National Hockey League's newest team, the Seattle Kraken. We share news about the team, analyze play, and go over various team-related news. We'll also at times present interviews with people involved with the team, as well as the fan community. Plus, we aim to go into some different subject matter you might not hear on other Kraken-related podcasts. We'd like to start off today by acknowledging our very kind and generous sponsors for our inaugural season. We've gotten through one whole season. It's been amazing, and we're really, really appreciative of our amazing sponsors, particularly our presenting sponsor, Silver City Brewery, located in Bremerton with their beer sold throughout the state of Washington and beyond. Beer for one, beer for all. Silver City is an all-inclusive Northwest craft beer adventure in every pint. Also, big thanks to our buddy Tim Pipes and everybody over at the Angry Beaver. Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. And we also thank Mojito, serving the best Latin American and Cuban food in Seattle area. Mojito works to enrich our community. Check them out at mojitoseattle.com. All right, boys. So for the uh, second episode in a row here, wrapping things up, we have the whole crew here to get today to, to talk about a lot of things, uh, a lot to get to as always, but uh, this, this is a particularly special episode, as I alluded to, as it will be our last one for a while. Uh, since they did not make it to the playoffs this year, the Seattle Kraken season is over. That means Kraken Fancast season is almost over. Um, they're looking toward next season, which of course begins in the fall. So we're going to be taking about a two to two and a half month break. We'll be back in July, which is the month with both the NHL draft and schedule announcement will happen. Plus, we'll probably hear a lot of other news that we'll be able to share as far as signings and, and that sort of thing. So uh, we'll have a lot to talk about then. Uh, but for today, uh, we'll go over impressions of the overall season, uh, talk a little bit about uh, players we feel were most notable this year. And uh, also there's some interesting Coachella Valley Firebirds news the new uh, American Hockey League affiliate for the Kraken. Uh, that's something regarding their first few weeks of this season. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But for now, let's focus on the final games of the season. As I hope all listeners will agree, the most special one was the last home game, which I'll get to in a couple of minutes. Uh, but there are a lot of other games uh, that happened since our last episode. Um, we left off from the Kraken. We're in the middle of a three-game win streak although we didn't know it at the time, but uh, they were in the middle of that. They, they had just defeated uh, New Jersey at our recording time. And the team uh, kept things rolling well against Ottawa for a 4-2 to two victory. And then they played a really great Colorado team at home, uh, winning that game 3-2. to two. So, hmm, we're all thinking, can, we, can they make it four in a row? Is this, is, are they going to go all the way through here? I mean, what's going to happen? You know, now, finally, we got this great team. 
Oh, no, they can't do that, can they? No, in fact, they went on a four-game losing streak right after that, losing to Minnesota 6-3, to losing to uh, Dallas, Dallas Stars 3-2, to losing to Vancouver 5-2, to and then losing to the LA Kings at home 5-3. to Thank goodness. Thank goodness, though, they made their last home game a very, very special one, uh, having their first home shutout victory on fan appreciation night by the score of three to nothing. Uh, and that was uh, against San Jose Sharks. So that was a really fun night. And we'll talk more details about that in a minute. Uh, Kraken did, however, have one more road game to play after that, a makeup game they had against uh, the Winnipeg Jets going to Winnipeg for that one. And they lost that one four to three. Uh, notably, I mean, maybe no, most notably, Matty Beneers scored a point. So a goal and or assist in all but one of the games he played in, which is an incredible achievement for a 19 year old. So it really bodes well for him in the future. And he was so much fun uh, for us to watch. But um, guys, you know, uh, let's, you know, before we talk about the overall season and, you know, and, and some other things that I, I touched on, let's, do you have any uh, thoughts on these uh, final games? Jim, let's start with you. Yeah, I happened to go to the fan appreciation, uh, I guess, uh, San Jose, that was something else that whole night was incredible from the time we got there to the time we left and i'm glad they won because they were in that slide for about four games there it was looking kind of sour there for a bit again uh but that was huge and that night turned out to be way better than i thought they would even plan uh they really gave it back to the the fans in the community and you know prize after prize everything um well yeah throwing the fish out the signed fish and yeah, and you know they yeah. every every player had a fish too, uh, and between every whistle, every entertainment part of the game, they were doing something in the crowd, and all. I got to tell you a little story though; you might get a kick out of this. <laughs> so, you know my love for Haxtell, right? Oh, so, your favorite coach, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they announced uh, on the depths on the email or the uh, the text alert that they were going to be doing uh, mystery pucks. Uh, all right. Uh, $40, uh, you know, all the money goes to One Roof Foundation. Everything that night went to It was one a big Roof. line for that. I saw that when I walked in. Yeah, it was huge. In fact, it was so long. I, the, my work associate I went with, I said, look, you go in that. I'm going to go into the, the lair because they're having, you know, up to 60% off markdowns and everything. And so she went in there. Uh, we came out. We met each other. And she says, I got two. I got you one. And I got a buddy that out of state that always wants something too. So we went upstairs to the Space Needle Club for the first time. I hadn't been there yet, but some friends were meeting up there. And uh, these pucks were wrapped and decided to open. And uh, I opened, I didn't want to, but she said, just go for it. She says, if it's bad, we can just wrap it up and give it to the other guy. I open it up and I'm looking at the signature and I can't figure it out because I don't see a number to go with the signature. So I kept looking, I kept looking, I go, man, this is a super clean signature too. And it doesn't look like anybody in the club. And then I turned it over and there was a little sticker that said HC. And I thought, what the hell, what the hell? And I go, oh my God, it's head coach. I go, it's a freaking Haxville puck for 40 freaking dollars. And, oh, uh, and there you go. There's your karma puck, huh? There not, you go. But here's yeah, oh, totally, that, totally. That, all, all those criticisms of Haxtell coming back to haunt you. Totally. Now. And here's the, here's the double down. So we decided to open the other one. Same puck. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> that was crazy. Absolutely crazy. See, so now you have said, to be nice to Coach Haxtell from now. It's a sign. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so I, she said, just wrap it up. 
And she said, we should do a mock video where I'm unwrapping it again. I see who it is and everybody knows my stance and just throw it on the ice or something. Oh, <laughs> um, I wish somebody had video of that because I could just, I can see, I've known you long enough, Jim. I know what the look on your face was. Wow. Oh God. So yeah, anyway, back to the games. I was really, that whole night, I was just so glad I went to that. That was not one of my ticket grabs on my season tickets either. I decided to, uh, she had an extra ticket. So I went for it. And I'm so glad I did. And I highly remember recommend to anybody just go for that last game of the year if you can and it was evident in the price of the tickets online too they were not coming down all day so it was really cool yeah. and Dreger, that was the surprise announcement to me when Dreger, uh won or got a shutout the game i didn't know that was the first home first shutout. home one yeah i mean they had other yeah. shots but they were on the road yeah 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 so that, that was just a killer night all the way around man yeah you know and then the you know the play you know leading up to that was kind of that's cracking hockey, baby. Sorry for it, Lynn. I love you, but it's like, you know, it was like the ups and the downs and everything. Lute, you, uh, you, you know, you had an intimate, uh, you know, look throughout the season being on the arena staff and all, and uh, you, you know, you must saw a lot of cool stuff on that last game, eh? Yeah, I'm still laughing at Jim's story because uh, <laughs> you, you had that, that first puck wrapped up to give away to the, the buddy, and, <laughs> and then you get a hack stall, he's back, and Kind of like a bad dream. <laughs> Maybe they were all anyways, nice, nice guys. They were not like, they were like two, like a cut ball players and everything is Hackstall. <laughs> so Hackstall came from my college. UND He's a nice guy. That's a ball. So he coached TJ Oshie. So he's got a little bit of, you know, something and in Jonathan him. Jonathan Tage too, I think, right? Yes. Yes. Anyways. Uh, well, quick story about that. Last night I worked for the arena. I stood in line to get a puck early and they wouldn't sell me one. Uh, maybe it was good karma that I didn't buy one because I would have probably gotten Hackstall too. Or uh, one of my other favorites, Grubauer. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, it was an exciting night. Uh, at the end of the year, you know, this, the tickets weren't selling great at the end, and there was a lot of, you know, oh, we got to go to another cracking game here at the end of the season. But that last game, like Jim said, buy tickets next year. When you have a chance for those single tickets, single games, grab a few. Uh, End of the season games because uh, OVG and the Kraken are really know how to give away prizes, and that, that was a, a really great night. Uh, so I'm coming off a Paul McCartney high here after the hockey season, and uh, just an incredible show last night by uh, basically the Beatles. Paul brought uh, John Lennon and George Harrison to the show. It was pretty cool. So no, I was there too. Was yeah, I just fantastic uh, game. I mean, uh, uh, you had to, had to mention Paul. Paul showed up at our hockey arena, so that that was uh, quite cool. And the the great story was he opened up the key arena in 1964 with the Beatles. So for him to come back to this brand new building, four stories deep, you know, like 18,000 fans, it was it was pretty cool. So yeah. don't give up on the arena. There's storm basketball and there's all other events this summer, but. We got some new news out. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. There'll be some the more. There'll be some other hockey things for sure. Yeah. But Nathan, let me and, move it over uh, to you. I mean, you know, we yeah. the three of us were lucky to be there. You were watching it on TV. Uh, what were your feelings on that uh, on that broadcast? It, it was a trigger game. It was great. I just, you know, I'm, I'm sad that I wasn't there. I was supposed to be at the uh, game in Vancouver. If I would have had an opportunity to make any one of those games, I definitely would have made sure that I've gone to the last home game. That would have been fantastic. Um, watching it on TV was great. Again, getting that shutout, that's 
there's nothing better than seeing that. I've had faith that we would have more of those. Maybe next season we will. Um, I can't imagine what it was like there to be there, though. Electric. Super yeah. Super jealous. <laughs> yeah. Well, next year you're you're coming to more games next year. You know you got to in the uh, ticket package. So you know we want yeah. to circle that one. It's true. It was great to be able to go to the very first game and interesting to, to go to the very first game and the very last game of the season. Obviously, I was in the tunnel in the middle too. But just that was just the excitement on bookends. There was it was an ideal bookend to, to me. Uh, yeah. Um, so it was it was really it was really it was really great. Well, Nathan, let you know. So we've gone through a whole season, but let me let me continue with you a little bit here. Um, what what did just you know? This is open open uh, open forum here. You know what what did you think of this whole first season? And also give us your MVP the the, in the Gunderson Hockey League. Who's who's MVP on the Kraken, and who's that seventh player? Now I'll I'll explain for people who are new to that. That's though Jim and I are longtime Boston Bruins fans, and there's been this you know, for decades, this, this award that's very coveted called the Seventh Player Award. And I think other teams do some similar things where you have that player who did better than you expected. They were really like that, that, that uh, they were a real gem, but uh, maybe they weren't, they weren't the star. They weren't like one of the star players, but they were, they, they really made a great difference through that year. So that's a little exercise uh, that I'm going to put on all you guys uh to to talk a little bit about so nathan you're up overall impressions and then who's mvp who's seventh player uh well the overall impressions for me it's great that we've got a team we've all waited so long you can't expect a brand new team brand new coach all of that just everything to pull off of vegas like they did the roller coaster i can't say that it made it more fun it's nice to win games. It's tough when we lose, especially when you're losing four five, six in a row, a winning streak would be nice. Uh, more often next year, I'm sure we'll get them. Some moves will be made with this season. We can say it's, it's done. We, we got through it. We experienced what we needed to experience. We got those ups. We got those downs, saw some injuries, saw some things we loved, saw some things we didn't love. Overall, I think the arena, the fans, everything just it's probably one of the best, if not the best place to watch hockey right now in the country. As far as my all star MVP player, boy, you know, McCann, he's done a lot this year. It's really hard to choose one. I think that uh, I would still probably say McCann shined. I wouldn't say more than others, but he just shined so damn often that I think that he would probably be one of my top picks. Um, if not, just go ahead with McCann. My seventh player, it's a very close, almost tie between Chris Drieger and Schwartzy, though Schwartz did not get nearly as much time to play uh, due to injuries and other things. He's probably in my opinion and you guys might agree he might be one of if not the fastest player on the ice when he's able to play um there's a couple guys that are pretty damn quick but uh that's that's got to be my seventh player he didn't get a lot of recognition of course because he wasn't on the ice but had he been god knows what he would have done yeah loot what do you what are you thinking um 
overall i mean we've, we've obviously we talked all season about the team but just you know overall team you know you touched on the arena just now but just yeah just your overall feelings and then uh who's your mvp in seventh player yeah the overall impression was great place to be for nhl hockey not quite the team we hoped for they were actually overrated by nhl analysts so we kind of went into the season thinking that we we're going to maybe it'd be a third or fourth place run for a playoff in our division. And, uh, you know, we actually settled in pretty much an expansion team. Turns out we were seventh best expansion team in the last 20 some years. So we're kind of an average team overall got exciting at the ending. And, uh, I think my MVP because it's going forward, it's going to be Maddie Beniers because this guy, this guy saved a season fans came out at the end and every shift that he came out on was getting like standing ovations and people jumping out of their seats. So as far as the whole season though, I guess I can't take veneers because only 10 games, not fair to the other guys. So my MVP, once again, like Nathan, Jared McCann rose to the top line, ran our power play where he get 27 goals, which is not too bad. Uh, you know, probably could have hit 30 if he didn't have COVID and a little injury time there. So, and if he had played on the top line all year with some consistency with our coaching staff, he probably would have hit 30, but he hit that magic 50 mark looks good on paper. We have a 50 point score and uh seventh player. Well, it's all about uh, community and the team. My seventh player award goes to Brandon Tanev. He lit Seattle on fire when he jumped on stage with his crazy eyes, his long hair. The fans loved him from day one since we picked him in the expansion draft. He came in, worked his way up to the top six, put in nine goals early on in the season and uh, helped us win a few early games with some game-winning goals, empty net goals, just a fire and uh, brimstone type of energy guy. And then he goes out big injury but he stays around and he starts going into schools and meeting kids reading books with kids in school and just really uh, built the crack and kind of identity around town for the future so Brandon Tanev my old Winnipeg Jet gets my seventh player award and my uh, second choice for that would have been Ryan Donato so hard to not talk about him too so those are my picks McCann MVP and Tanev for the seventh player award. Well, Tanev, you know, I, I think that's going to be, you know, like we saw everybody so excited when Matty Beniers hit the ice. I think that's going to be a big, huge screaming cheer when uh, Tanev is back on the ice next season. Uh, I, I don't know his prognosis of when he can start playing again, but when that day comes and I, it will, uh, that's going to be a special, special time. Jim, you're, you're overall thoughts and and your your top picks on those awards you know i, I was thinking about this today because i knew you'd ask me um going back to nathan you know obviously i'm extremely happy to finally have a club here after my entire life being here for the most part so i keep reflecting back to that i'm very grateful for that um, and i tell people that all the time i you know i even told a dental assistant today i've been waiting my whole life for this and but that being said, that, that that's the override default for everything. Um, I still believe on paper this club 
was capable of up to 20 more points, which is 10 more wins. Um, I still believe they were short of a bubble playoff uh, in the West. Um, I, you know, I struggle with the system. I probably always will. Uh, it took them, they never really got it except till the last quarter, it seems. But a lot of that was some of those pickups, uh, you know, at the deadline that helped a lot on some wins. And the team started, yeah, the steam team started gelling better. The goaltending came up, you know, that was an issue all year. Um, I, the, the defense was adequate enough that we should have had better numbers in the paint. Um, Our forwards at the end of the season actually dropped just a tad on the uh, projections for offense production offensive production ironically our five on five play got better in the last quarter and our power play really struggled so special teams is going to have to be really worked hard next year because we were in the bottom three all year long so we really need to work on that uh, i don't know if that's a coaching system situation these that happen and change much like the goaltending situation that just happened with the firing of the goaltending coach um i think that team is capable of doing better next year depending on what we do here in the offseason with the draft and or deals made um i know we got a ton of cap money uh, i i wonder if they're going to go after reasonably big name for at least one and, and give us some of those third and second round picks in a deal or i wonder if we're just going to build from the draft out period going to that venue for games was quite a great experience for me. Uh, the system that we had worked out from the travel down here to the game, everything was great. I walked out a few times saying, you know, it's so much better when you win leaving this building. Well, obviously it is. But even in losses, even in bad losses, I really enjoyed my experience there, the whole vibe. It was not a hassle to leave my work at four o'clock, go against the grain of traffic, not get caught in traffic, park in my $5 garage, no, I'm not telling you where it is, and going to the game and having a great time with friends, sitting in the, and then, you know what, at that last game, the gal I was with said, I can't remember what happened, we were talking, and she, we saw some people I know, and she said, geez, do you know a lot of people here, and I said, I said, not kidding, I probably know a person in every section, and she said, bullshit, and I said, you know what, I'm not kidding, I think I might know somebody in each section. So that being said, that's how fun it is. Constantly running into people, you know, win or lose. It was just a good thing. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I know it's going to be better next year. Yeah, I was a heavy critic. You all know it. I don't mind that. That's me. I know the team was capable of better, but it was still a fun year. And I'm happy we got a team. I still can't believe we have a, a team at times. And I, I, I was watching the playoffs tonight and, you know, they're going berserk in all these cities, right? Carolina, Minnesota, you see the fans in the crowd, Calgary, whatever, going nuts. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, that could be us three years out. Who knows? Just going nuts. And I'm waiting for it and I'm excited. So overall, I'm happy regardless of what happened. Uh, I'm ready to move on. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens from the draft on. And I'll be jacked up opening night next year. Um, 
just so I underline to... something you just said there, I just just to interject for a second before you get the other star. Yeah. Um, I I I don't know about the playoffs and how nuts Seattle get. Um, I it's it's amazing to me. I mean, I I have never seen a fan base more enthused about a losing team than I've seen with the Seattle Kraken fans. I mean, with the possible exceptions of Green Bay Packers when they had some lean years, and I know the Cubs fans go no matter what and all that sort of thing. But um, but really, I mean, I I just was amazing. Again, as long as they were winning or coming back, or it was it was, or you know, some great plays were being made. It was a great game, and they won. Wow. You know, it was just something. So when we do get to that player, I just want to underline, I think it's so true. When they do make the playoffs, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be tough for an opposing team to play in there. Right. And you brought up a great point. And I, I, I meant to say that, um, you know, I enjoyed this last few days watching the exit interviews. They all had a common theme for the most part. They love the area. They love the food. They love the downtown. They love the parks. They love all of it. But most importantly, they love the fan base and how incredible they were. And they openly said it in a losing situation. And Ebbs wrapped it up the best when he said it. Um, and he's genuine with his smile and what he said there. And these guys like it, man. It stands out. So that was really cool. Um, yeah. Speaking of standouts, who are your standouts? Okay. Um, you guys know I've been on the McCann train since day one. Um, I'm, I'm just totally impressed with him. I was logging his minutes all year. You know that he was averaging 17. Imagine if he pulled 19 to 20, like a first liner, you know, he might've hit those 30 easily. And then some, um, but that was part of the system that I struggled with all year. Um, so it's McCann. I can see Gord right there too, with a lot of people, obviously there would be a lot of people were happy with that. Um, uh, seventh players kind of a struggle for me because you know you look at the roster and you go down you know there's six for sure I tried to throw in a couple d there just on the six just to build a, a full line and, and you know I can't it came up with uh you're right either Donato as a forward seventh man or you know what I've been really just like everybody else impressed with Larson's last half of his season and watch it grow as far as just a solid all-around dude back there doing his job you could put him as a seventh uh and maybe bump Susie even I don't know but it, I wanted to throw another D in there besides Donner because I think Dunn deserves to be with his overall game on the power play and what have you you know yeah so yeah. I, I I came down to Larson and I'm, I'm throwing it on there and I'm, I'm going out on a limb here and I'm thinking you know we don't have a captain we may not have one and we may have four A's we may have five A's but if they ever get to a captain, I would not count Larson out. He's the perfect minute guy, and he's getting a lot of respect from the coaches. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, um, no, great wrap-up, Jim. I So what my little wrap-up is, is kind of touch on a lot of things that all you guys said, but uh, maybe a little beyond that. Um, first off, I mean, I still – all of us are very passionate sports fans. So I think part of the sports experience, at least for me – is being critical or being pissed off when you don't think the team is doing well. To your point, Jim, you said about, you thought they would get about 20 more points. Um, 
I, I was, yes, I agree with that. I'd actually even say like maybe 30 more points. I really like where Vancouver was at 92 points. That's kind of where I thought this team would be right. on paper. And if certain things, and we could over it, we have, right. You know, analyzed it. Everybody's analyzed. And it just also was some intangibles that just, you know, thwarted them. They had the third worst record in the NHL, I think. Right. Is that, or is it second, mm-hmm. third, third. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, um, could have been a lot better, but could have been a lot worse. Lutz right. I mean, historically, they were kind of in the middle of the pack, maybe a little better in the middle of the pack as far as, far as historical expansion teams. And uh, they gave us a lot of great hockey. They lost a lot of close games. Um, and, um, you know, and, and you know, just, just that whole experience of going to game. I went to, I, I, I don't know if this is an accurate number, but about 26 games. And I loved going to every single one of them. And uh, every now and then, though, I would go to so many games and it, it was like my clubhouse. I don't think I yeah. knew somebody in every single section, but I'm probably not far behind from you, Jim. I mean, I do know a lot of people who had season tickets or packages or just, you know, try to go to as many games as they could. And that was it was this community we just saw. I met a lot of great new people, met a lot of people I've known for a long time. You included, Jim, that have been waiting for a team for a decade or decades, you know, for me, it was over a little over 20 years. I've been thinking, God, I got to drive all the way to Vancouver to watch an NHL game. What now it's just down the road, so to speak. And um, it's still such a thrill. And uh, I know very soon, I mean, I don't mind having a little break for right now. And I'm going to watch on TV, a lot of playoff games and everything and watching the Bruins and stuff. But I'm, I'm going to have some withdrawals, I think, in a few weeks. I, I missed a few games because of my work schedule and traveling. I, I wasn't there much in April except for the last two games. And I was like, oh, God, it was just it was so cathartic for me to be there after not being there for for a bunch of games. So uh, the experience, you know, uh, just, you know, Climate Pledge Arena is just a beautiful facility. And uh, I thought the staff did, was very nice. I thought it was uh not game related. I'm just making the mechanics of running an arena. Um, getting in and out was way easier than uh, my memory of getting in the old key arena. Well, getting a beer or food or whatever, any sort of concessions thing, infinitely easier than I remember a lot of other arenas. Just waiting in some line for some slow person. It was. It was just. It was. I mean, there's room for improvement, like anything, but. I, it's a lot of it surpassed my expectations. That's just for me from going to a lot of arenas all over the country. So that was great. And then just the team, it, it was, it was just, it was just marvelous. Also marvelous to watch other teams. Cause I think we're all NHL fans too, besides being Seattle Kraken fans. So I'm like, wow, there's Ovechkin. There's, 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 there's Patrick Kane. There's, there's Connor Hellebuck. There's, there's Patrice Bergeron. Wow. They're, they're in our neighborhood. You know, that was a thrill just to see some of the the the, the current legends of the game. Um, that was that was also satisfying. So, um, yeah, there's there's room for criticism because that's we're big fans and we care. But, um, you know, and I think the team appreciates that, though, with the, you know, with the passion. And this is going to passion a fan base already. And in time, it's going to be something else. So anyway. Getting to the MVP, yeah, we'll we'll just make it all uh, unanimous here. Jared McCann, how can it how can it not be? You're right, uh, Jim. You mentioned Gord, and I thought Ebbs, you know, is very kind of quietly solid back there and all. But 
you know, 50 points, uh, 27 goals. Uh, he just always seemed to be in command out there. I, I, I just love watching the guy play. He, he was the star of the team, but with, with other guys, you know, ten of I'm sure if he had, you know, had more of a season, we would be talking more about him and obviously Eberly and Gord and, and all. And I agree with Larson. I thought, see, I thought Larson, I expect Larson and Dunn, I kind of expected uh, to be very good though. So first off, I should, I should point out that there's no wrong answers with the seventh player and all of you made good choices. Um, but I, I'll just say what I seventh player I pick is more who you didn't expect. See, I, you know, and I think a lot of it was his injuries. You know, I expected Schwartz to be good. I expected Dunn to be up there. I expected a lot more from some other guys that, well, I won't, I won't, I don't want to be negative. And I mean, there were some guys I expected more from who we saw who, who maybe showed some, some good play, but I didn't quite see them there. Who do we see that we didn't expect? And I'm on the fence about naming Donato. Donato would be my knee jerk. Yes, it's Ryan Donato. He's been the glue and nobody expected that. But I kind of did. I didn't expect him to have as good of a year. So I, I, so part of me, and I think a lot of other people didn't expect that from him. So he could could be my choice. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat a little bit and give it a two or give it a tie here. Donato, you know, we've sung his praises many times. But uh, I'm also going to give a pl plug to Carson Soucy. I didn't see that. I didn't even know that kid's going to make the team. Uh, he had, what was it? It was like, well, and I'm, I'm including Giordano on here. So, but, but uh, you know, he's fifth in blocks, fourth in hits, but taking Giordano out, he's, he was a little better than that. Uh, he's in the middle of pack with points, but I'd argue that's not what he was there for. He was fifth among the defensemen. Again, Giordano there. So fourth with current defensemen. Uh, but I expected it from Dunn and Larson and Giordano. I think Susie, I was like, wow. And I, you know, there would be, he'd be guilty like every single one of those defensive guys or some defensive lapses here and there. But you could also argue was he was doing what he was told to do. Um, I just always, I thought that guy was just always very solid back there. I always felt him taking command back in the defensive zone, uh, moving the puck well. So he's, I, along with Donato, is my, my seventh player because I didn't see that coming. And I think he, he proved himself in, that, you know, he could, he could potentially be a Kraken for a while or part of a good trade. <laughs> so we'll see. So, uh, so that's, that's my, my thought there. Um, let's jump over to some other uh, general news, guys. Um, so we just sort of touched on it. Um, uh, you know, we talk a lot or, you know, you've often uh, on a lot of the episodes talked about our farm report and what's going on. We are our Charlotte checkers. Yes, there are Charlotte checkers. We share with Florida Panthers, but uh, they're in the AHL playoffs uh, and, you know, Joey Decord and you know some guys that we've seen up in the crack and playing right now. But uh, soon they're all going to be Coachella Valley Firebirds for the 2022-2023 season. And there's uh We've all talked about uh, going down there, a little, little cracking fan cast junket and make a little weekend out of it in Palm Springs. But uh, lo and behold, we're going to have to hold the horses on that because just like the Kraken with Climate Pledge Arena, uh, they're having some delays and things uh, with their arena. And it's apparently, at least the estimation currently, is it's not going to be ready until December. So it was just announced the other day that the Firebirds will play their first batch of games we don't know the the schedule yet so i couldn't tell you how many but the first batch of games will be here in the seattle area that could be a climate pledge could be an everett or kent but 
I'm excited, Lute. We're going to see the the prospects right right in our doorstep. Yes, the Coachella Valley Firebirds is the new t- team uh, down in the Palm Springs area. We've been talking about them quite a bit this year, and exciting that they're going to have a bit of an exhibition season, possibly about six weeks of hockey, uh, with some home games being played in Seattle. So. We are making friends down in Palm Springs, and uh, we've got some listeners down there joining our fan cast already, so we uh, welcome them to the show. It's nice to talk about uh, the future. We talk a lot about Maddie Beniers. There was a player that came in a couple weeks ago, and I didn't recognize him, and it turns out it was Riker Evans. He signed a contract at the end of the year. Young guy came out of a car in the valet, and I thought it was Chalowski. And I said, are you a player? Because they recognize that I'm Riker. I was like, hang on for a second. I put my arm around him. I said, welcome to the NHL. Welcome to Seattle. And uh, had a really nice little chat with him before he went in to watch the hockey game. Well, he's headed off for Charlotte. Uh, Same with a few guys like uh, Cole Lind and Chalowski, Joey Decord. Some of the guys that played really hard and really good at the end of the year going to continue on in the AHL playoffs. So you can follow that at the AHL.com. And you can, I think, even sign up for watch some of those games online if you want. But the Coachella Valley Firebirds are coming to Seattle uh, between October and maybe end of November, December. So there's going to be some more hockey besides the Kraken. It's going to be a great opportunity for the fans to see our young draft picks and some of the free agents and possibly uh, some college players and you know, there's a few guys like Scott Wilson ended up in training camp, a few guys that don't have contracts. And we'll have some veteran guys playing down in Coachella Valley, I'm sure. So pretty exciting news. Todd Lewicki spoke to a little group of us the other day. He's so proud of the arena. OVG built this arena down in Palm Springs. Well, they're still building it a little bit behind. But you know what? It gives uh, Seattle fans a chance to see some of the American Hockey League players here out of training camp. And start of the season so it's going to be good for those players to get a taste of nhl arena ice the fan base and you know if you don't make the crack and you're gonna have a few games in seattle and you're not gonna forget you're gonna want to come back and play for the big team so that's exciting right there so well, it's great also for the fans too right because i mean you know the the, the firebirds game should be a lot cheaper for people who can't afford a cracking game you can see the prospects uh over that time it'll be interesting to see where they'll play because i mean obviously there's a situation with the kraken schedule for climate pledge there's the uh everett silvertips schedule in everett seattle thunderbirds and kent so i kind of wonder if they're gonna move the games around between the arenas or if they'll just have one situation it's gonna be a little bit of a schedule juggling yeah so we've got a little list of concerts in october we got the pet shop boys zach brown and the who coming between October 14th and the 22nd. So, you know what, fans in the junior arenas, there might be a game or two played like our exhibition season last year. Spokane, Tri-Cities, Kent, Everett. Fans might get a American Hockey League game in your arena because of the scheduling. So we'll see how that turns out. Pretty exciting for everybody. Uh, more hockey, more hockey. Sure. Yep, lots of hockey. Yeah, Nathan. Don't forget the Tacoma Dome has nothing going on for itself. So we could probably see quite a bit of hockey there and uh, they can work the monster truck rallies and the graduations and the, and the uh, 
the concerts around the the AHL for us. That would be great. Although there's no ice making machine there anymore. They had been, but it's not anymore. Yeah. So they'd have to, so OVG or somebody would have to pay a lot of money for that. Maybe you never know. I mean, again, it's going to get down to scheduling and maybe they would play in Spokane or something. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I used to go see the old Tacoma Sabercats or the West coast hockey league. I used to love going to those games. That's back like in the late, late nineties, early two thousands. But uh, yeah, I don't think they've had ice ice thing there for, for since then. Yeah. They've taken out all the coils and everything years ago. I, I had no idea. Okay. Well, whatever. I guess we'll just have to. Yeah, I mean, it was a great idea. Damn, I was thinking about it for like five minutes. Well, remember, people were talking about that prior to Kraken even, like yep. going back, like way back. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you never know. They might play in Abbotsford. Well, they'd have they'd have some that, you know, it could be a little, uh, yeah, I mean, that obviously that'll be one of their division rivals yeah. um, in there. So uh, it's great because, I mean, I remember, I'm old enough to remember, actually, you know, most of us, you know, AHL, that just used to be like an East coast thing. And then, so a little bit, a little bit in the Midwest and mm-hmm. now, you know, we get, get, you know, teams uh, out West now. I mean, it's, it's not a lot, but I mean, a few, so it's, it's great that it's, uh, it's uh, what was, what was actually the league that was out? Well, it wasn't even this far. I mean, we had the West coast hockey league, which was sort of like double a level. Um, but the IHL, the old international hockey league, that was, that was AHL level, but that tended to be more in the Midwest. So, you know, we haven't had, gotten to see that, this kind of level of, you know, AAA, so to speak. So it's like Tacoma Rainier's level, like in the hockey world. Um, well, you, can, you can thank the California teams over the years for that one, for the most mm-hmm. part, you know. Yep. Yep. With San Jose Barracuda and teams in Utah and what have you. Yeah, that, that helped. Yep. Absolutely. Well, they were looking forward to that. So lots of hockey. Exactly. It said, you know, uh, we're going to have a lot, a lot to see. Um, before we wrap up, Jim, before we started recording, uh, maybe jump back. We were talking a little bit about Schwartz a little bit, and it's kind of a bummer, Schwartz, that we didn't get to see him play so much this year. I mean, um, he's kind of in and out and everything in his injury situation. Was some news on that? Well, I, I tweeted a couple weeks back, you know, like how quiet they were with the Schwartz situation because we all know he had his, um, his hand wrist thing and the surgery and all. And then he came back for a few games and then gone away. And then it was just hush, hush, no details, no nothing to the point where it went on long enough to where nobody was asking anymore. So I was kind of inquiring. And then wouldn't you know it uh, at the, you know, closeout interviews, he even stood up to the mic and, and said, you know, it's, it's not related to his wrist or hand from the last, it's another situation and in the reports uh, that the Times and everybody was talking about was said that uh, he's still undergoing tests. So then a couple of people like, you know, kind of freaked like, all right, was well, this an injury or is this something else? So nobody knows, you know, I, hopefully he's obviously back after the long summer and all, but it'd be nice to kind of get an idea what's going on, but I don't know. Yeah, I'll jump in here a little bit. I okay. I got a chance to get to know Jaden down in the valet parking. And uh, when he found out I was from Winnipeg, we started to look for each other. He'd come out of his car. He'd come towards me with his hand up in the air. One time I met him with his mom and a cousin of his from Edmonton. And uh, they were guests at a concert. So got to walk him around the arena one night. 
So when he was injured the second time, right away, I said, hey, Jaden, is it your hand again? And he said, no, it's something else. And he couldn't really talk about it. So then I showed him my right hand from hockey. And I was unfortunate to get hit by one of those first aluminum sticks with a glove off. 40 years old, shattered my metacarpal boxing metacarpal on the right hand. So I, I showed it to Jade. And uh, I was wondering if he had, you know, had a follow-up problem with his hand because I had two surgeries on mine. And I can't hold a hockey stick the same anymore after that. And he says to me, wow, you got hit. He goes, did you beat the shit out of the guy? It was just so funny. It was just like talking to a buddy. And then at the end of the season, he had a bunch of his Saskatchewan buddies come in, stay with him. So he's in a really good frame of mind. He was laughing, having fun before and after games. So he's uh, loving Seattle. I mean, I hate to find out that it's something, you know, like medically wrong with them outside of his hockey injuries or something, but uh, we won't, we won't worry, worry about that. But at the end, uh, second last game, his buddy pistol Pete from Saskatchewan, we were talking, waiting for Jaden to show up from the dressing room. And uh, I said, where are you guys going out? He goes, oh, we're going to go back, celebrate the, the win here and have some special scotch with Jaden at home. So, uh, I almost got to go home with these guys, party it up a little bit, but I still had a half hour on my shift. But uh, great guy, wishing the best for Jaden. And a lot of his family and friends are going to be listening to our podcast. So we'll try and get him on in the summer. That wouldn't be something that uh, would be too out of the reach because of the contacts that I've made. So we'll hope to get him on the show off season. If the Kraken PR guys will let him talk to us. So. We'll All right. Well, cool. There. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And uh, and 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 probably by that time, I'll I'll stop calling him Jared uh, Schwartz and call him Jaden <laughs> Schwartz because I, I I know I always uh, Jaden McCann and Jared Schwartz. It's no flip that. No, I actually I always tell McCann. I don't know why I always want to call him Jared Schwartz. I know it's Jaden, but anyway, Jaden's a guy. I've always heard uh, though seriously what what a what a good guy he is. I mean, and uh, obviously he's gone through you know stuff with you know passings in his family and all and he's gone, gone through a lot and so uh you know great player and uh yeah hopefully he'll be fine and and we'll we'll see him at top-notch speed and strength uh next season so uh, and tanev and a lot of guys and a lot of new guys that we're gonna no doubt see uh we can't even imagine you know who's gonna get signed in the coming months and 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 all it'll be it'll be very interesting to see well Guys, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time uh, doing this podcast with you, and we'll uh, we'll take a little break, you know, clear our air. We'll watch some uh, some playoff hockey of some other teams. Maybe we can, you know, uh, daydream about some of these guys and say, oh, they he'd look good in the Kraken <laughs> uniform. We'll see what happens, but uh, it'll be interesting. But it's been uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time. We really thank everybody who's watched us again. Thank you, everybody who supported us um who has participated uh, whether it's been in our interviews or our messages from the deep all the great people that uh, sent us emails and posted things on social media to uh, participate in our podcast really appreciate all of that uh, also we're very appreciative of our good buddy uh, jay middleton who puts all this together for us because uh, none of us can deal with editing but jay, jay jay does a wonderful job and he's been a great colleague and uh, we look forward to uh working with him uh again uh in in the coming months so anyway so to wrap up anything else guys anything because 
We're not doing this until July. Anything else we forget? Well, May 10th is the lottery ball night uh, coming up next week. So yeah. fans, if if we're out by then, uh, catch the lottery draft live. There'll be two lottery balls picked. So Kraken could move up from drafting number three all the way up to one or two. So wish us some luck. Uh, hockey gods, be with oh, us. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a higher draft pick out of this whole great season at the end. That would be sweet. There's some great junior players and college players out there. And uh, obviously we could use some, some more. So, all right, fellas. Well, thanks so much, uh, folks. Please remember, if you haven't already done so, to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Cast Kraken. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, plus our website. Check that out, KrakenFanCast.com. As I said, we'll be back in July to talk more of what's happening uh, with the team at that point and also uh, talking a little bit about the draft and the upcoming schedule and any other kind of news. Uh, obviously, we'll all be in hockey withdrawals at that point, so we'll have a lot to talk about. Um, so thanks so much. Again, uh, thanks to our producer, Jay Middleton. Thanks to Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, Lou Chelios. I'm Chris Porter. Thanks so much to, for you uh, to you for tuning in. And as always, we say, go, 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 go